goes out to camp, you know, I, I swam the mile at camp. Mm -hmm. Which stroke? Yeah, okay. And uh, and back too. Everything to swim that mile, side and everything else. That's why you're so nice and trail and in such good shape. <laughs> and I walked quite a bit too. I didn't even own a car until 1950. And that's because that's I was doing five, seven and a half. And then what do you weigh? <laughs> I refuse to answer. <laughs> 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 well, you're very trim for the sake of the tape. You are not a heavy person. You're just lean as you can be. Um, and I, I would imagine you take great pride in that, don't you? Yes. And I'm so glad that I grew up the way I did. So glad. And had the advantages that I had. I had to work awfully hard. Instead of uh, uh, graduating, going right straight through, it took me over seven years to finish college because I dropped out. The first time I dropped out, too, was at the St. Louis Theater. And then the next time I dropped out, I dropped out for two years. I was the assistant bartender at Grand Eagle Country Club. And that's where I made my money. And then when I went back to school, let's, I... Let's, let's, wait a minute. You graduated from... Let's do it in a little bit of a chronological order for me. Uh, you, you went to... Banneker. Let's start at the beginning. First was Lincoln. Was Lincoln. Mm -hmm. For one year. For one year. And then my parents moved on Lucas. Mm -hmm. Then I went to Banneker. That was to the sixth grade. And Marshall School was a middle school where it had the seventh and eighth grade. That was and in the Ville. That was in the Ville. And the kids had to come all the way from South St. Louis, Naples on the streetcar to go to Marshall. You had to walk. Or you didn't you, have you to. Walk. You, you walked. I Tell would. me this story. <laughs> I'd walk most of the time. I'd, my mother gave us uh, 25 cents a day. 15 cents worth of tokens, car fare. The dime was for a dessert. She always fixed our lunch. So my friends and I would walk to school and uh, <laughs> use that extra money to buy broken cookies and everything, all kinds of goodies going back home. But walking, I've walked all my life. Never thought anything about it. Okay. <laughs> I, want to get, I want to stay on the track. So then from Marshall School, from the 7th and 8th, then you went to Sumner. Sumner. And then you graduated from Vashon. And then, tell me. I went to Ohio State. You went to Ohio State. And, and did you have to stop at Ohio State? Twice. Twice, OK. See, my father passed when I was a freshman. Third quarter freshman. Right. And then I went back to school and returned home in 1930. See, I went to school from uh, 29, Ohio State now, to 29 until June. To September to June. Mm -hmm. To June of 30. Right. Then I had to drop out of school and I went to, uh, I took. I went to St. Charles, Missouri, and took the teacher's examination. I was 18 then, and passed it. And I was given a little one-room school in Winfield, Missouri, six miles on the outskirts of Winfield. And I made $50 a month there. These were depression days, if you know now, $50 a month. Then after that was over, 
And then I came back home, and uh, I did curb service. You know what curb service is? Sure. And then uh, one of the managers at Old Organical Country Club. Where did you do curb service? On Delmore and King's Highway. It was uh, uh, in Candy Kitchen. And I would sit out there on the front, and when they drive up in front, I put a little tray on the car. What's the name of it? Uh, Bruguer, Bruguer, B-R-E-G-E-R-E. -E -E. That was Candy Kitchen, but it's no longer there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and um, then uh, the manager, I didn't know he was the manager at the Glenico Country Club then. The day would come by, he and the other manager, the, I think it was Bill Reeve or some other country club, would come by and that time he'd come by with his girlfriend, and she was beautiful. And they would keep, and I kept them back all the time. And by the way, his girlfriend was one of Washington University's homecoming queens at one time. And she went to the movie, too. But she went under the name of Jane Regan. She only, I only saw her play in one play, and that was in Cleopatra with, with um, oh, who played not a little bit Taylor. Claudette Colbert, that's right. Claudette, because she, she, and the only word she was able to say, you remember when she was coming through the Jewish streets through the streets of Rome? She turned on this, is she black? That's the only word I heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, they were nice. So they became nice. So fine, he asked me, still, how would you like to work with me? I said, oh, just fine, just like this. So uh, uh, he came back the next day. And he said, um, uh, did you really like to? I said, sure. Just like, he said, go in there and tell him you, you quit. Now, I said, uh-uh. I said, no way. I said, I never leave any job that way. I never leave without giving notice of any job. And I said, I don't know anything about you. And he just laughed. So he gave me his car and showed me how to get out the Glen Hill Country Club. And he was in one of these little two-seater cars about that long. And when he walked down from the mezzanine, he looked like he was almost tall this room. And he said, you didn't believe me, did you? I said, no. <laughs> so that's where I really made my last money to finish college. What did they pay? I got made $65 a month. Now, I, I had a chance to go back to school. And what, what did you do after? I was the uh, bartender, assistant bartender. bartender. And then I was the field bar where they played golf, mm -hmm. and just on the ninth hole, I would serve them out there, and then I'd come inside when they got cold. What so I learn, what did you learn? What did you learn out there? Oh, how to get along with people. Very much that. And I, and, uh, and I got along with them too. <laughs> but anyway, uh, You're uh, laughing. Huh? You're laughing. Because I had to get along with them a certain way in my way. And what was that? Well, I could just let them know that I'm in business. And when they tried to say certain things, I could always respond in a way that uh, they knew I wasn't anybody's fool. <laughs> and I wasn't. Let me see. I, uh, there was one. Uh, who was the golf pro? Uh, Clarkson, his name was Clarkson. He came up to the bar once 
and uh, he wasn't a member. Those were millionaires out there. He said, Melvin, do you know where you got your name? I said, uh, sure, I got it from my parents. Then he began to tell me that, you know, uh, during slavery, they took the names from the masses and a whole lot of other stuff. His name was Clarkson. Clarkson. He was with some of the millionaires. He's trying to be cute there, isn't he? I said, you're right. They did take their names from the ones that owned them. I said, now, do you know where you got yours? And the man just laughed at him. And he had looked at me like, like <laughs> let me tell you. I said, now, do you know? And I said, I wanted to tell him that you were a son. Your name, the derivation of your name, you were a son of a clerk. But uh, I let that pass. And then he came up to the field bar once. And they had eight men playing and eight caddies. So uh, when they came up, I served all of the millionaires first. I served all of the caddies. And then I asked, I said, what would you like to have, Mr. Clark? He said, I like to have a buttermilk himself, so I'll never forget it. <laughs> so, and then another time, I should say, when they found out that I was in college and I was majoring in math, one of the, uh, I guess, men who had gone to school someplace, he said, I heard you in a math and I said, yes, sir. So he got a piece of paper and wrote down a simple calculus problem. He said, sign this. And I looked at it, and I got the piece of paper. I said, now, I, wrote, I said, now you solve this. See, I'll be here all day long. I said, I know. <laughs> you asked me to solve yours, now you solve mine. And testing. Mm-hmm. And he was just doing it, being funny, trying to uh, front me off in front of his friends. Yeah. That's all he was doing. But I had a word for him. So you, you do not? Handle it without being. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like, don't, don't mess with me. Because mm-hmm. I have something for you, too. It's just the way it was. But I got along well. They cared about me there, too. But yeah. he let me go back to school, and, uh, the manager, from January 92. Um, January, uh, January uh, 32 until June 32. That's just two quarters. Then I didn't get a chance to go back. For two years. I went back, my job was always waiting for me. Yeah. At the, yeah, the country club. I went back and I stayed there two years before I was able to return to school. But fortunately, to Ohio State. To Ohio State. So you went, you, you graduated from Ohio State? Yes. Okay. And fortunately, when the, in my freshman class, there was a fellow friend of mine, right? And I Going after American night class too. We sat next to each other. Later on, I found that he worked at the union, and I wrote him a letter and told him that uh, I was returned to school in '34 in September. I, I would need a job, and because I always worked all during the time I was in school and out of school too. And uh, I said, and they had programs then called FERA, the federal program, Federal Emergency Relief Association, and. Uh, 
So I said, I will need one and see if you can have one for me when I come up there. So he wrote and told me, he said, uh, he said, Hamilton, when you come, there will be a job here for you. So I was the reader for one of the professors on the campus, Professor Samuel E. Razy, one of fine person. Samuel E. Samuel e. Razor. I graded all of his papers. The students on the campus knew I graded their papers. I received $20 a month for that. <laughs> that took care of my meals. And uh, as I told you, my sister and my, and my girlfriend, both of them had dancing lessons. And what they learned, I learned too. So I belonged to the Spring Street YMC Little Theater Gale. So Spring Street. Spring Street YMCA in yeah. Columbus, Ohio. That's where I stayed. And most of the fellows stayed there. And um, I taught dancing to the theater gear, and that took care of my three dollars a week room rent. So you really had yourself set up. Oh, set up. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I got $20 a month for reading for Professor Razor. Okay. And he was really a swell person, too. So you finished in Ohio State. Mm -hmm. And then didn't get a job. That was in thirty-five. Expected had to, to teach it, but didn't mm -hmm. expected to. Mm -hmm. Then you were told. Then later on, I told I'll you need more teaching experience. I left. I was a statistician for the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics. That was in nineteen thirty-six. I made ninety-five dollars a month. But I had a chance to get a job teaching at Campbell College in Jackson, Mississippi. And I left my $95 a month job and went to Jackson, Mississippi to teach for $60 a month. And when I had done that, I went back to the Board of Education, showed them what I had. They hadn't seen anything about the master degree then. And he had told me this was all I had to do, get more teaching experience. When I, I had the catalog right here from the way I told I would do Oh, I got so much stuff issue. But anyway, um, I brought it here anyway. But uh, he started talking to, and I was talking to him about this. I'm trying to think of his name. But anyway, he said, oh, you don't have a master degree, do you? I've been away now for two years teaching to get more experience for $60 a month. John Rush Powell. John, John Rush Powell, that was a fellow down in the personnel office. They told me to go back to the teaching experience. Then I did blow up. I said, you knew I didn't have my master's degree when you told me to get some more teaching experience. So he, oh, I'm gonna take this. He didn't have to take me anywhere then because I was ready to leave then. So that was the runaround that I got for 16 long years. But I'm, I don't give up too easily. If I want something, that's the way I was read. So then you left there and went out to get your master's. Mm-hmm. I started start trying to get that. After I, after I couldn't get on there, they had a WPA program. So I uh, taught, and I was sponsored by the board, but 
We said, how did they have this thing? It was a credit about the Board of Education. It was in the schools and everything, but you got a WPA check for it. You know what WPA is? Mm -hmm. Progress Administration. Well, it was under that system. You were not teaching in the public school system. We had to recruit our own students. He went around and knocked on doors until starting the school house. was starting here, and that's what we had to do. And well, my classes became rather large, and I taught from first grade through uh, oh, eighth grade there, I guess. And where was it? I was at Dunbar School then. It was in it was in in the public school system buildings, uh -huh, but not but not part not part of the public. You got our checks from the WPA, uh -huh. not from the Board of Education. So clear up, clear me up on, or maybe I missed it. Who, who were you teaching? I mean, from older, older, older people, people, older people. Older people. Some so, that didn't so even know how to write, okay. so they so they could get a job and teach you even how to answer telephone, things of that type. And, yeah. and, and all in the black community? Yes, yes, yes. Everything was still separate, right? Right. I mean, whatever you did, Everything was separate. your Ohio State was, mm -hmm. was still separate. Mm -hmm. uh, and so did you feel that they were just doing this to you? No, they were doing it to all the rest of us, so I didn't bother. No, no, mm -hmm. I mean, but, but only in the black community. Oh, they had some that were teaching under that WPA program too. No, 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 but I'm saying with problems that you had, every time you wanted to go teach, they threw something else in your face that you needed. Was this this is because you were black? black yes. But <laughs> Caucasians taught with less degrees yeah, right. and less. Now, let me give you an example of that. When I became chairman of the math department, at the uh, I was head department head at the shine, but I was also, they also made me chairman of the math department at Sumner during certain periods of time. Okay. And uh, we had to go, there was Mr. Cox, Mr. Bolden, and I were the three that were there. Did you hear, have you heard of Dr. Chambers? Her picture's been in the pit. Catherine Chambers, she was over that area, boy. But anyway, she came to the, meeting one day. She said, you know what, I have something on my mind. We're getting ready to fire three teachers because uh, they didn't have their master's degree. And uh, I said, how long did they give them to get their master's degree? They were given five years. I said, they should have been fired. I said, you didn't, they didn't give me one month to get mine. I said, I don't feel sorry for them. So that was the end of that conversation, too. Mm -hmm. you know, that's, we had it pretty rough, but that's all. If you have the stamina and the skill, you'll get what you want. We're looking at the golden the anniversary, anniversary of Ashan. See, I work, it's in the Hall of Fame book that you'll see that I chair that from October 1976 to December 1977. Mm -hmm.
And this is uh, Oh, there you here. are. General Chairman. And he turned out. We he took out the Admiral. First floor, both floors of the Admiral. Clown dance and everything. Must be, must have so many memories. Oh, they are pleasant memories. Lloyd Gaines. That's right, he's up there. What do you mm -hmm. ever think happened to him? I, nobody knows. Nobody knows. I hope he lived happily somewhere. Well, I do too, but I doubt it. You think somebody murdered him? him. Mm hmm. I think somebody murdered him. Now, this is something I can see there. Now, this is. Uh, this is the first graduating class. Yeah, this is the graduating class. There you are. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, and this is, uh, this is Sumner's uh, centennial. Oh. This is start, they start getting ready for the centennial, 1975. Uh, mm -hmm. And this, I was recognized. See, I wasn't at Sumner then, I was at the shop. But I, they hadn't forgotten me because I was recognized as uh, one of the um, most outstanding teachers of the century, along with, uh, let's see now, I'm recognized here, along with some of my teachers mm -hmm. and everything else. Where's your name? Uh, find the H's. There, right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they up here they uh, see these are the great ones. And some of these in American The National. great ones. So that's up. And down do, here. Do you know that is that something that has been used over the years? Not that I know of. I interviewed a woman that came from you you may know her, I just don't like to Right, um, because she belongs to the same, she's belong to Old Saints. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she's not even from St. Louis, and she wasn't a teacher, but her mother taught. And that woman is your age, but this happened in, in Tarboro, North Carolina. And her mother, she said in her, when her mother's funeral, the uh, students called her mother the great mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I'm down here with the moderns. The moderns. <laughs> <laughs> because you were... Um, See, I was a sponsor of Summer Student Council for 17 uh -huh. years. <laughs> and all of them had to pass by me every day in the lunchroom. When I was on the teacher on supervision, the students took over everything. Now, this is Mr. Davenport that I was telling you about. Yes. The one that took me out to see you. Mr. Kessler. You know Bill of the two, don't you? The one that took you to see Mr. Kessler? Right, right. Yes, Billups and Spots. And you know Spots? I, I, I don't know her. She no, I don't know either of them. I just, their names. Now, he was my principal. Oh, and, and he. Is he Spencer Tolbert? He, yes, I, I've got him. No, I don't know him. I mean, he's probably dead, but um, uh, I have, somebody talked about him on a tape. Because mm -hmm. she did some singing with him off the. I did too. Oh, oh, then you probably know what I'm talking about. With the Billups. See, Billups had the legend oh, singers. This gentleman. 
Oh, Mr. Jackson, Jack, yes, by Andrew Jackson, he should be at Camp Old, Camp River Prep too all the time. He was at Camp River Prep? Oh, yes, he was a counselor out there too, as well as being. And, and Mr. Huffington's the one who took care of Arthur Ashe right. and brought him here. Well, this community then knew him, not, not, not everybody or, or terribly well, but they certainly oh, had yeah, a, yeah. a part of their piece of it. Oh, yes. This is what this called somebody and told me at the library that I had the names in my book. Mm -hmm. And they called me from the library and asked me I couldn't bring it down so they took a picture of the name, these names that I had written in here. Everybody touched life. That goes back a long, long time ago. Yes. Look at those dresses. <laughs> Look how pretty everyone looks though. Really very special. Now, Mr. Gosson was my teacher, and uh, mm. when I graduated, he was he taught us something too, of course. Everybody looks like a banker. <laughs> they did dress. They they came to school with Oak Room. It's not like it's not. They come down overalls and everything else now. But did they really do? I mean, they. It's not like it was at all. Really. No, they. Here's a picture examples of me on the side here. Who is that? That's me, I'm right here. Right here? Mm-hmm. And this is Mr. Brantley. And this is Miss Crutch I was telling you about. Uh -huh. French teaching. You know, it's the strangest thing. I'm the only one on this road that's still living. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, uh. Sometimes you see that in family pictures, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, but they, I mean, they were example setters. They really. They certainly were. They certainly were. I guess in those days, people could teach without, I mean, could set examples without saying much. They could. They could. And the students knew that there were things that they could not do and things they could do. And if they did them, they knew what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. But now they don't care. Who doesn't? These care? students of today. The students? They don't care. Talk about all that a little bit. I think everybody seems to be, uh, But I have a little boy, two little boys up next door to me. When they do something and get good grades, I always, they know I'm gonna give them something. <laughs> this is nice. This is, uh, oh really? So you're, you're kind of a model for them. I've been, or you're yeah, a mentor. I've been, I've been in the neighborhood uh, since 1941. Mm -hmm. And now this is, oh, you can see your label. This is wrong. nice. You've got, you've got all the people that work there. Down well, in the, the handbook. Now this cafeteria. Case, the student at Sumner. So I wrote these three handbooks. The student at Sumner. Mm -hmm. Oh, they had a chance to divide who would have the cover for the book. And this boy's um, mother, not a kindergarten sweetheart. Oh, really? <laughs> Let me look at the name through my <laughs> His mother was your kindergarten sweetheart. <laughs> these dogs, just like that, we, all of that is in here. So they will know what, what they're supposed to do and what they cannot do. And in those days, they probably read it. Oh, yes, they read it. This thing, all, all it cost in those days was uh, 15 cents. The student council put these out all the time. And I always sent Dr. Unruh one each time. At, uh, now this is uh, 
then I am going to ruin. I uh, conducted a workshop, two-week workshop for the math teachers in St. Louis. I conducted two. Let me see there. That, uh, to teach them how to teach slow learners. Mm. <laughs> I wish I'd had a different math teacher. Well, I had some good ones. And I loved teaching. That was my job. And the kids knew that I wouldn't go for your foolishness. They How do it. you teach the learners? What's, it what? depends on the child, really. You try to find where he needs the most help and things of that type. Mm -hmm. And then you would have to. They kept, I said, now every teacher in this group with me has one of these. And, we had and they wanted me, I did that for two different summers. Mm -hmm. go back. Then they wanted me to uh, teach one on metrics. I said, no, I'm through. I'm not teaching more workshops. A lot of that seems simple, but for slow learners and things of that type, it's not all that simple. Now, I didn't do all of that. See, everybody had a part in it. But this is uh, probably the knowledge you go And this is LaShawn's uh, first induct induction. Uh -huh. This was 87, the whole thing. And I am on this one oh, up here. Because I, I kept all of my students abreast with the time. See, I, most of those were National Science, National Science Foundation scholarships that I received. That's when I'd go back to school. Anytime there's a different change, I went back, back to, to school to learn the new trends so that I keep all my students up to date on everything that was happening. And my math student. Where did you take that education? Oh, I see. That's when I went to. Well, I've had one here at Washington U, St. Louis U. Just different places. Different places, SIU. All right, do you remember Vashon's high school's first graduating class? Elected to who's who in the my years of teaching. To me, as I said, it was just like rec recreation, but right now, oh, you know, you have know some of I just know of him. Uh -huh. Nicholson, uh-huh. It's interesting how many people I've heard 
Now this young man was in my class. See, we didn't, they were not teaching calculus at Bashan. But he calculus. See, we didn't yeah, have it there. I received my master's yes. degree. Uh, I want to know about his teaching career. Um, he started in 1951? Yes, summer high school. Okay. That's after I got my master's degree. Okay. And during that time, uh, I was responsible for student council for 17 years. Mm -hmm. It became nationally known. And uh, nationally known. Because Miss Eileen Smith, who was the sponsor of the student council in Ferguson, Missouri, asked us to participate in the national when they had it here. And before then, the group of the students and their sponsors went to um, several places in Missouri, uh, Jefferson City, and I always took two two boys and two girls to the state convention. This was the this is the student council state convention, state, state convention for the student council. And uh, then when they had the national here, Ms. Smith, Mr. Eileen Smith, who referred and asked me we wouldn't participate. So at that particular time, the admiral was running, and they had the affair on the admiral. Well, what does participating mean? Well, that they would be actively involved in uh, the National Convention. Now, who let me think of his name? Gerald Van Poole, I think, was head of that in Washington, D.C. Now, maybe you know. Nona Hyde was the state secretary in Jefferson City. But when they came, to be honest with you, they sat at the table with my wife and me. And uh, so it was very, very nice. Well, I enjoyed it. All of my life, I had wanted to teach. Mm -hmm. And you had practiced also, so this wasn't exactly... No, it wasn't. See, I taught, um, after my father passed, I went back to Ohio State University and finished that year. But after that, I took the teacher's examination in St. Charles, Missouri, and I taught in a little one-room school mm -hmm. on the outskirts of Winfield. And after that, uh, my next... next uh, teaching position was to go to Campbell College, which I had the catalog. Now I taught at college for two years in Campbell College in Jackson, Mississippi. Can you tell me about Sumner? At Sumner High School? Uh -huh. 
It was very good. My life at Sumner High School, just like my life at Bashan, was very, very good. I got the respect of the students, and uh, I just didn't have many problems. If a student did something wrong, of course it belonged to In fact, they had over 2,000 students there at one time, and I was the only teacher on supervision in the luncheon for three months period. But the students took over everything under my supervision, and everything went along very smoothly. What was there to take over? Well, they had their trays that you couldn't leave the lunchroom without putting a tray in a certain place, and your table had to be straight and all of those things. Yeah, and also they took care of the halls. They won't do it in the halls. They sat at the desk, and you never passed a student without showing the pass. And this had to do with the student council? All of this was done by the members of the student council at Sumner High School. And uh, they did an excellent job. Of course, they said after I left, all of that disappeared. It did? <laughs> they had some sponsors, but, uh, but the students were used to me. Seventeen years is a long time. Mm -hmm. Now they had the student council under different sponsors, of course, mm -hmm. but we were on duty. I should say seven days a week, and they had some program, Sunday programs at some high school. The student council took over just about everything there, and. Um, when at Member Homer G. Phillips Hospital. Mm -hmm. Of course, maybe I should go back this way. There was a representative from each class, from sophomore through seniors, from each group. And we met every Tuesday at 7 o'clock in the morning. And they went back to the rep their classes and reported everything that was being done. Now, on Christmas morning, there wasn't a patient who didn't wake up with a Christmas card on his tray at Home and Phillips Hospital. And they, we took card in the, part in the March of Dying. We were all over St. Louis, Kansas, at the March of Dying at some student council. And uh, so they, they did a great deal of good work. But I understand it's a little different now. I don't know. I guess they still have a student council. I don't know, because I've been retired now for 12 years. Um, from I retired from Bashan. Um, what, uh, when you went, well, I'm going to stay here, because it was They felt that it was good. It was a good thing. Because I remained at some now some of the teachers were taken out of some high school, I were taken out of other schools and sent to different schools to integrate the schools. But uh, things didn't change too much at some high school. Did those teachers want to go or did they have to go? They, I guess they were asked. 
has to go. I imagine if they would go. That's what I imagine. I don't know what they did at the Board of Education. <laughs> No, I wasn't asked to go because no. I was still responsible for student health. In 54 now, uh, I was on probation for three years. All the teachers at Summer High School were on probation for three years. And after three years, then they were appointed regular teachers. And I was still on probation. When I, when I uh, began teaching at Summer again, after I got my master's degree, uh, that's when I took over the student council in 1151. So uh, I guess I've just been with them as a sponsor. Of course, I taught um, in the mathematics department as well. To tell you the truth, I, uh, I'm not so in favor of busing. It's supposed to be good for desegregation, but I think it has a lot of uh, bad points to it. And there are some good points, but uh, I like to talk about the magnet students and things of that type. But I wonder <laughs> about it. I'm not an authority on that, but that's, this, is, this is my personal belief. I would like to go to a school that would be within my community where I could walk to school with my peers and uh, well just one of those things. No, when I, see, I taught his son for 20 years. And I taught a Vishon, I retired Vishon after, after 12 years. And uh, the students were just as nice to me at Vishon as they were at Summer. Of course, I had certain rules and regulations in my classes, and they adhered to those. When they had, even they didn't have a dress code, but I had a dress code in my classroom. In those days, so now these jeans cost more than regular clothes. They weren't allowed to, to wear jeans then way back there. And then you didn't come in my class. In my class was calling me here. And things of that type. And boys didn't come to my classroom with their shirt tails out either. And I had a lot of large laboratory, so if they came with the shirt tail out, I just gave, they saw me reach in my pocket. They took the key and went on to the laboratory and put the shirt tail in. I said, the President of the United States walked into this classroom and he was going to see a model classroom. And that's just the way my classroom worked. Why do you think it changed? There's no discipline anymore. But why? Because now there are children that have had children who didn't know anything about education, if you understand what I'm saying. They haven't been taught. They're out. 11, 12 o'clock at night, 
I was a teenager and I had to be home by nine o'clock. But it's a difference there. And it has to be in the home. The teachers cannot do all that is impossible. The parents must do something too by disciplining their own children. And then they have it so easy, I understand, at the police station. Some, some of them say you take them down there, they can beat you back home. And this other thing, I've got uh, whippings when I grew up. And it wasn't for doing things that the children do now. And I loved both of my parents. They didn't kill me. But I knew that I had to be disciplined. There were certain things I could do and there were certain things I could not do. So I had to adhere to those things. Or I caught it. The reason I ask you that the differences Yes, yes. Now, there used to be uh, those that lived east of Grand. Well, I didn't feel any of that, to be honest with you, but it, there was that um, idea that if you live east of Grand, that you live downtown. That if you live west of Grand, you lived in the West End. But uh, I couldn't see it because some of the homes east of Grand were far better than the homes out in the West End. When you told me where you lived, where I grew up, Lucas, and I, Chandler, was, Lucas. I was on a bus tour about the, the exhibit and they were talking about the homes on Lucas. Those were mansions. did the same thing for my children. My mother did for us. We were, my mother took us to the opera every Sunday. We sat in the free seats. She wasn't the only mother. And it was usually very hot, so most of the time we carried an umbrella. But we were there to see all the opera. She took us to the show at least once a week. Did you mean the opera? And you went on Sunday? Yeah, free seats. Sat in free seats. That's way at the top. I sang out there in 64 and 68 in oh. Showboat. And um, with the legend singers. And yes, and then uh, she took us to all the circuses. My mother took us everywhere. And until my sister reached 12, my sister was three years old now, we went to the show every Saturday together. My mother, my sister, and I. Even though today I was at the YMCA, but this show didn't open till one o'clock, so I came home. And when my sister reached 12, she was allowed to go to the show with her girlfriend. When I reached 12, and I was a Boy Scout, I was allowed to go to the show with my friends. What did you do at the Pine Street Y? Oh, the Pine Street Y had 
a program seven days a week. And uh, I can't recall the days. Uh, on Mondays, on Sunday, I start with Sunday. I played the piano for, for boys' uh, group there at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And then Monday, there was Bible class. Tuesday, was recreation. If you didn't go to the Bible, oh, it's, so, it's been so many years now. <laughs> you couldn't go into recreation. And that was uh, all kinds of ball games. And, and I was the poorest basketball person on earth, but other games. Describe it when you walked in. I've never had anybody describe it. The YMCA? Yes. Well, there was a section right at you and for the adults. And it, uh, they had rooms there where the people would rent the rooms and stay there. The men would stay there in that section. And there was a section east of there for the boys. The swimming pool was, was downstairs. Oh, what would that be under? Under the gym. Because there was a track upstairs that you could run into a track upstairs that you'd run around. And but there was something seven days a week at the Pine Street Lines here. After school. Now, until you reached 12, you could only stay there until 8 o'clock. But when you reached 13, you could stay until 9. But there was a curfew that blew on, over on Shoto. I think it began about 10 minutes to 9. And by 9 o'clock, you'd have to be at home. See? You'd have to be where your parents would call you and you'd answer. <laughs> so, or else. Or else is right. <laughs> so you did the same things, um, we're skipping around, but you did the same things with your family. Was there anything else that you could do with your family that you couldn't do when you were a youngster? That you might have done? Did you begin to go to? Let's see. Oh, I'd go there on my day off on Mondays and I could sit in the balcony. It didn't make any difference about my color to them. They were so used to seeing me, I guess, standing. So uh, that was my day off, so I always went there. Because this was when before it was open? Yeah, before. Before? Before yeah, we were allowed to attend. Because right. I was the only uh, African-American page on Grand Avenue. You All the rest of the pages were white. Just one of those things, I guess. <laughs> um, See, now that was 1928. But when things opened up in the 60s, then. Oh, I went anywhere around. Where did you go? Yeah. Then you went Fox Theater, and all those different theaters then. Yeah. That was the American Theater, all those. How did people respond to that? Did they, did they wait? Did they go? Were they comfortable? Um, was it? As far as I could see, they were. How, how about you? I was very comfortable. Didn't bother me at all. To be honest with you, growing up, it didn't bother me. Because as I mentioned, that Shanning Avenue was just about uh, divide line, I guess, of white and African-Americans, and I had 
quite a number of white prisoners. They okay. right in my backyard all the time playing. Shannon Evans, then, how far would it go up to the white? Let's country? see now. It's pronounced, I mean, it's spelled C-H-A-N-N-I-N-G. Everybody said Channing instead of Channing. But, yeah. And uh, they went over to Laclede and to School Street. Street. Now, School Street came after Bell in those days. It's torn, it's torn down so much down there. But that was a street called School Street. And Wayman Crow School was on Shannon and Bell when it was um, segregated. But after that, it became Carver School. Now, my sister lived directly across from uh, Hadley on bail, but uh, we couldn't go there. Had there no there, of course. There was an area between the bill and uh, above Grand, the Vanagon Road, there was an area that wasn't taken in with the bill and it wasn't taken in with uh, that's, east, that's of, right. east of Grand. And I think the bill went as far over as the north side of Easton, which is now Dr. Martin Luther King Drive. And it went as far south as, well, very far south, I can't recall. I knew it was past Cottage, because uh, Sumner was on Cottage. Mm -hmm. uh, the boundaries were St. Louis. Something like that is right in that area. I'm not quite Sarah quite sure. Between and Graham, that area. Was not considered the veil. No, it wasn't. What was it considered? Just the place where we lived, that's all. Well, you, Nothing you special. Were, you were, you were. I wasn't, I wasn't in that section of the ground. Right, but did that name, did that have a name? Hmm. That's who name The veil is by the only place they can name. Um, all right. Um, Tell me about River Cliff, the camp. Yeah. Oh, it was really nice. We had to um, get up about 5 o'clock in the morning. There were eight cabins there, and, and there were eight boys in each cabin. The big dining room, the recreation hall. And we'd get up. Oh, in fact, uh, Mr. Wiley Thompson, who was in the camp all the time, he was an English teacher. There's a picture of Camp Rivercliff hanging over my bed now that he painted for my wedding present. He asked me what I wanted and that's him I wanted. So he painted that. He was an artist as well as uh, an English teacher at Sunday high school. And uh, uh, we'd get up about five o'clock in the morning, take exercise, run down to the river, take a bath, because we'd have to go across, let's put this picture, across this icy creek. And then there was a little land there. And then you drop your things there and you dive into the water and swim out to the raft, take your bath. After that, um, you came back, then we had chapel. And after chapel, we had breakfast. And after breakfast, 
Let's see, do we have rest period there? How do we begin playing ball? And by the way, they used to dig it. We dig potatoes and things of that type. They grew vegetables out there as well, so corn. There was a garden out there too. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see. Then we had stunt night, which was on Friday night, we call it. We had to come back on the Sunday. It was 14 days for $14 per night for the boy. For $14. Mm -hmm. And that took care of everything. And, uh, Yes. See, now, the Ellisville board, I mentioned Ellisville wire. Yeah. Now, they used the... Yeah, the first person that's told me about that. Was that was the Ellisville YMCA. Now, that's where, that was in the Ville. That was across the street from Sumner High School and from Poor College. Do you know anything about Anna Malone? Yes. Children's Home. Well, Poor Old College, where the girls were trained to be beauticians and everything was right across the street from the Ellisville. YMCA. But they had to come to Pine Street YMCA to swim. What well, now did you, was this meant Yes, they were some of my, some of them were my friends too, but most of my friends were friends of mine, they were Eastern Grand. But did you meet them at camp, or did you go at separate times to camp? If you wanted to, but they had their two-week session, the Ellisville boys. That was under Mr. Cook, who was the, um, at that particular time, was the boys' work director of Ellisville. And Mr. Leon W. Stewart was the boys' work director at Pine Street while when I was a boy. The boys work? They call it Boys Work Director. Okay, so I'm just trying to make mm -hmm. sure I heard the right word. And uh, uh, that's that. So they knew each other out there, you say, in the Ville. Mm -hmm. And we knew each other. Down there. Yeah. So they had a two-week period for them. Now, that didn't mean that you could not attend yeah, if, if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. It's just that that was the section that was set aside for them. But we had all the rest of the summer, Pine Street. So there were more Pine Street boys that went. Oh, far more. Than, than far more. We had several sessions of um, the Pine Street boys, predominantly Pine Street boys. If you had the running, could you have gone longer than one session? Yeah. yeah. Now, the last time that I went, that's when I they stopped having pages. And uh, I had a chance to go to camp. Five of us went out there and cleaned up the camp before the camping season started. And we had a chance to stay out there all summer. That was my last year. Close to heaven, right? Oh, yes. We didn't worry about coming. <laughs> it was just ideal. I, I just wish all the boys could have something like that, and they would keep them off the streets. But um, what did you learn then? Well, what, what was it about it that, that you told me it was the three best years? Because we got along so well. They were, we were disciplined now. Everything was fine. 
we enjoy each other's company. We had different teams, and we always had a track meet before it was over in the swimming meet. And I didn't swim the mile until 1928. But uh, that was one of the highlights of camp, too, the last few days. Were you on a particular team all summer and then you competed, or? or no, just all the boys would compete for these different things. Because some know. camps are divided into teams and, and No, we weren't divided into teams. We just participated with each other who was coming for the second or third. But um, was there a, a philosophy or was there a, a Um, there was a group that, when I was 13, I was initiated into at the Y. Um, I think of the name of it. But we had a button, and on that button, you could put it in the leather belt. It had a screw in the back, and most of the boys. It was a forerunner of the high wide, but. Um, I almost had the name. Let's see, that was Mr. Leon W. Stewart, and after Mr. Leon W. Stewart, that was Mr. O. O. Morris. Oh, they were in charge of the Y in St. Louis. See. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, let have some to be in charge of the um, cabin. Mm -hmm. Like I might be placed in charge of that cabin, which meant that all those beds had to be made up a certain way and, mm -hmm. and things of that type and get out of there in time for certain events. Well, I only, I sang uh, at all, in All Saints Choir mm -hmm. until 1942. And Mr. C. Spencer Tokers was the director then. He became one of the principals um, at Bashan High School as well. But in those days, I didn't have a car. He'd come back and pick me up and take me to church. And uh, in 42, when I got the job at the, po at the post office, uh, I couldn't rehearse on Thursdays, and I told him that I wouldn't sing anymore. And uh, he said that I could sing without rehearsing. He said, no, I'm not that good, and I was not going to spar All Saints Choir, because that was one of the best choirs in St. Louis. We sang over the radio. We gave the Elijah at the Keel Auditorium. So it was really nice, but I didn't sing very much anymore, but quite a number of the people in St. Louis knew that I did sing. Picture, but I'm just a so I, I, uh, Well, I mean, there was a, uh, was it, did you belong to Oh, I didn't belong to Celeste Choir. Uh, uh, I didn't belong to that at all. Um, Mr. Walton was in charge of that. Word uh, D. Walton.
You see, I really wasn't in Mill Creek. It, see, St. Louis has so many sections. Yes. And now, now the Pine Street Wild was in Mill Creek. But it was nice. It was nice in that area. People kept their homes up. It wasn't like the slum area. No. Wasn't anything like that. They people kept their homes, their yards, and things of that type. The people that I have lived in, lived in Mill Creek, loved. 